What is going on you guys and welcome back to another video. If it's your first time here, my name is Brandon, joined today with my father Mark. As always, we have our investing academy down below, but today we're going to be talking about the comparisons between the current day market mm -hmm. and the tech bubble. This is something that I'm seeing time and time again online is drawing that comparison and you've obviously lived through that. So I think we should go through some of the similarities, some of the differences, and really just try to assess whether we are in a bubble right now and kind of how we can invest throughout regardless. Seems like every second highlight, actually, every every second headline you see is like, we're in a bubble, are we in a bubble? A tech bubble, certain sectors are like this. Yeah. You will always get that type of talk, but it, but I've seen it a lot recently. I've seen a real spike in that, yeah. You have too, so right? let's talk about it and compare... You know, yeah. some bubbles I've actually lived through and talk about some similarities, some differences, and yeah. I like that. Well, if you guys enjoy, give this video a thumbs up, but why don't we start with a few glaring similarities? Well, the first thing I'll say that's a similarity is the mindset that we're in a bull run. We've had a wonderful recovery since the COVID, and the mindset turns into this is always going to keep going. Like you have that stock. straight line extrapolation. It's right? the what the younger kids would say, the stocks only go up attitude, stock. right? Like that's, if you're new to the stock market, it's... Stocks, they correct for a little while, but they only go up over a while. Well, and two things. Younger investors, for the most part, well, they, they've never been through a bear market or, mm -hmm. a, or a real a real crash. They went through last March, probably, with the quick correction and the very quick recovery. That said, a lot of people, I think, are in the last year have become investors. The like new, since new investors. the crash, the COVID crash. Really. For sure. So they've never gone through anything that would represent a, a real pullback in the market. So you kind of get into this mindset that here we go. We're in for another long bull run. But mm. we are in to draw that comparison to the tech bubble or the, mm. I guess the boom of tech stocks, I should say. We are in a pay phase where the euphoria is there. The idea is over the past little while, stocks have gone up and that's you tend to believe that's going to be the case going forward. I, I literally, I was a young advisor in 2000, 2001 when that bubble burst. Yeah. I had prospective clients coming in and they were expecting, when you're doing up financial projections, expecting a 20% compound annual rate of return for the rest of their life because that's what the last couple will of years happen. Have been. And it, yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, it's like that fallacy we talk about where yeah. I believe the hot hand fallacy. And the funny thing is, like, I that's what I'm seeing now with a lot of the community out there. Oh, SPAC stocks are doing this, meme stocks are doing this. Look at the IPOs. The IPOs are insane these days. IPOs is a huge one. Yeah. And actually, we came across like a pretty fascinating chart where. The IPOs that we are seeing today, in today's, uh, let me pull it up. The number of IPOs that we're seeing today, this is the United States number of IPOs. It's at a high, very much like we saw back right before the tech crash or when things were going and highly rolling. It's been years, well, it's been since then that we had this many. And when you look back through the previous highs, yeah. uh, you're going to see that. And they're typically before a big market correction because, yeah. I mean, heck, if you are going public, this is an opportunity to capitalize on that. You want to go at the best time when things are looking good. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, you catch the hot hand, right? So, And that's why actually you note here during periods of recession. So during the yeah. let, look at the financial crisis, you have very few companies that came out to, to the market because everybody's struggling. Correct. Yeah. Right? One of the things, whether it's statistical or just sort of a feeling you have in my career when I've looked back, when IPOs are in the headlines, yeah. it's time to be very cautious. To compound that right now, we're dealing with a lot of new companies that are you know, disruptive companies, right? Yeah. These are not traditional companies that are just going public. When you look at which companies are going public right now, there are a lot of new technology, new companies. You have the SPACs coming out where whole new way of becoming a publicly traded company, right? So something to be careful of. It is. And I think that's really one of the main thoughts. I'm putting myself in the shoes of uh, a new investor. It's, well, 
you know, these companies, these technologies that are coming to the market, they are revolutionary, right? They are going to disrupt things. They are yeah. innovative. That's why you have, you know, the Kathy Woods, fund, the ARC funds are doing so well. And was that similar back yeah. in the in the 2000s? Oh, it was the same it was time? exact parallel, as a matter of fact. What you're seeing today is really practically identical to what you're seeing back then, where it's classic, this time is different. Obviously, I didn't live, I lived through that, but not old enough to experience it, especially yeah. the financial markets. Yeah. There are definitely some pretty big differences in regards to today when it comes to the fundamentals of companies. Well, there's the, uh, the, the biggest thing that I see today, the difference to then is not every sector is in a bubble, mm. right? Even if we are in a bubble right now, mm -hmm. It, it's, it seems to be quite isolated to the high flyers. But when you you, know, you look at how dominant they are in an index, for example, the S&P 500, yeah. you see that huge spike up. But when you dig beneath the surface, that's being driven by a very few number of, of, of companies, right? Okay. Not necessarily in the same sector, but there is a lot more depth beneath. Whereas when you think back to you know, 2000, 2001, the entire, everything was shifting to IT, that's kind of where everything was. And that's where the bubble really was back then. Is what you're saying back in the day, technology, anything tech related was doing well. Nowadays, it's more select sectors. Yeah, and just to qualify, the price was shooting up. The companies themselves weren't doing well. Right. A lot of companies sucked, mm -hmm. right? But investors didn't look at valuations. And there are companies today where, you know, the, the, the prices are way over the, you know, overvalued. I mean, to cut to the chase, right? And um, you just, there's, they aren't warranted when you look at the actual production of the companies. Mm -hmm. I, I actually had a chart here, which I'll pop up on the screen. This is the S&P 500. Uh, the NASDAQ would have likely been better, but the blue line represents the performance of the S&P and orange represents basically the earnings per share of the S&P if we were to take a look at the average. And you'll note that before the tech bubble popping, uh, you do see the S&P kind of getting ahead of the actual earnings. Of the companies, yeah, happens. and that's the way it happens. They're forward-looking. We like to project out. What we're seeing again today is another one of these divergences where the market or the price that they're trading at has really seemed to get ahead of the earnings. Now, again, this is far different than back in the day when companies didn't have earnings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we still have a, a much stronger fundamentals than the tech bubble. You know, it still does maybe suggest that we are a little bit ahead of ourselves, yeah? And we are dealing with a handful of companies today that, that don't produce revenues, are practically done, that are being bid way up. Mm -hmm. uh, but we saw way more of that back in 2000. One of the sort of the poster child was pets.com. And pets.com was, you know, a guy selling pets, pet supplies, etc., over the internet. And it was the next best thing. And uh, well, we could probably figure find out a that chart. Was. I'll find a chart for that one. One of my favorites is a company called boo.com, B-O-O.com. I mean, have a look at that ticker. They're not around anymore, as you might imagine. Yeah. But they were in the sports uh, apparel industry. And again, the fact that they had .com it's amazing how many companies were just change, just adding .com, mm -hmm. and that was causing them to spike up in price. I have a few differences here listed that I think does separate ourselves today from that period, mm -hmm. and I think that they're very notable. And it would almost argue the case that we are, you know, we're not in as big of a bubble, or we're not in a bubble whatsoever. Interest rates nowadays are nowhere close to where they were, even just a couple decades ago. I'll pop up a chart for you guys. We clearly know now we're in a low rate environment. Yeah. And I think interest rates around the time were five, six percent, a little more standardized. And what that does is it not only gives uh, companies nowadays, it's easier for a company to operate with low interest Money rates. Money is so cheap now. Money is cheap. They <laughs> yeah. can borrow, they can grow, they can invest in their sales, which is obviously good for business and growth. 
Secondarily though, and I think this is almost more important is there's nowhere else to put our money. Investors are thinking like nowadays, I don't want to go fixed income. I don't want to go bonds. These rates are garbage. Like I don't even want to hold cash. I have to put this money somewhere, which you could argue will now justify just in general higher stock prices. Oh, there's no question. It does do that. When the interest rates are low, Mm -hmm. that's not a viable alternative. Now I would argue it is a viable, it's a part of a portfolio. Yes, we're going through a very low interest rate environment, Mm -hmm. Uh, but that doesn't mean you throw all caution to the wind. Sadly, I, you see that not only by individual investors who don't know better, you see it from professionals mm-hmm. because there is this competition to say, I'm going to outperform the next guy. They have to. And you can't do that by buying a, a bond, a 10-year bond paying 1.4% for the next 10 years. That's pretty low. You're, you can get companies paying dividends of that or three or four or five percent right yeah i mean these institutions themselves they need to they need to compete and they absolutely and it just it's further it's it's supply demand driven so with all that extra demand that further drives up the prices of those absolutely and speaking more on the supply and demand side of things obviously we've had record numbers record amounts of money printing and stimulus that's been injected uh, on the monetary side yeah so that in that in and of itself again Building off of that, the quantitative easing, this money has to go somewhere. Yeah. And, you know, it seems thus far that stocks have been the place uh, for the money to flow. That's where it's been going. And it's it's just this double combination of those low interest rates, no alternatives there, but also just this surge of, mm-hmm. of new investors uh, that have come mm-hmm. into the market, which mm-hmm. is a really good thing. We preach, be an investor, just do it responsibly, but that it's just compounded. Like everybody's coming in with not really necessarily a battle-tested plan, throwing the money into the pot, and that's just exacerbating everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. With social media and YouTube in general and just everything, like the way information is spread around these days, yeah. do you think that has a material impact on... Yes. You think it does? <laughs> oh, it on does. the way stock... Like, <laughs> For it, sure. Dating back to when you had to read the newspaper and look at the quotes that way, um, it's just much faster, yeah. the, the, the transfer of information. It's the speed of information that you can get, but it's also the... I would say it's the encouragement to act on that information. Yeah, yeah back yeah, in the day, yeah. you know, you, gee, you got your you got your stock information, you know, once a day, typically reading the morning paper, right? Or even back in the two thousands, I mean, there were sites that you can go and get your stock quotes. I mean, that was yeah, yeah. that was already there, but it wasn't to the same level today where you're being bombarded with buy, buy, buy. Similar. But quite a bit different. It certainly wasn't to the magnitude we're seeing today. And yes, without question, that's making the situation worse. It doesn't mean it's a horrible situation, mm-hmm. but it is making it worse, yeah. It makes me wonder with all the changes in the way we consume the information right. and just the way we absorb things nowadays, mm-hmm. does that throw the traditional old school valuation metrics out the door, right? It's a different world that has been back then. I have an answer for this, but I mean, I'd love to hear your kind of thoughts on that. Well, my answer is very simple. No, it doesn't throw those traditional it metrics out the door. It feels like it maybe it will, but I'll tell you, this is exactly the same sentiment that I was listening to in 1998, 1999, 2000. And this goes back, I mean, I was just reading a book from Benjamin Graham a little while ago, but he's talking about this, even leading up to the Great Depressions, any major downturn, there's these periods where yeah, people yeah. get into this mode and say, well, this is the new normal. And the old valuation metrics are no longer valid. It, it comes back well, let, time and time again. Let's look at a couple of metrics. And, and yeah. uh, I'm going to put a chart up here and it's going to show you the S&P 500. So obviously a very broad index. And this is going to show you the red line, what's called the moving average. It's an exponential moving average. That's the average over the last 200 days. You'll see where we are today on the right side of the chart, where the level of the S&P 500 is above that moving average. It's gone ahead. And you'll see over time where it wavers and it'll go ahead, it'll go behind. If we look back to 
well, let's say the rate to, be, to the left side of this chart just before, let's say 2011-ish, we're gonna see the same thing where the price, the level gets ahead of the moving average, then you'll see that correction come back down. Then you're gonna see typically the price climb, 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 and then we're gonna see you know middle of 2015 in that area where again, the price got behind. The point here is that the, pri the price always comes back to the average at some point, and that's why yeah. it's called an average, right? Totally. So, And what's funny to me is you look at that chart before you move on, like we did see a sell off this last week and that's not even reflective on no. in the big picture of things. No, you, well, even if you look back, just say to late 19, uh, sorry, late 2019 in November, December, there was a big sell off. And at first it looks like a little blip, right? Yeah. And that can happen. And are we at a blip now? Maybe, are we going to push forward? You know, who knows? But these are the kind of things that you watch as an indicator of what might be coming and you position yourself uh, accordingly because really what's going to happen next week and next month, nobody knows. Totally. You can just make some, some reasonable bets on that, right? And another commonly referenced um, metric is called the price to earnings ratio. You'll probably hear the PE ratio. We'll get into what that is right here. But let's look at an example of comparing today to 21 years ago now. Yeah. Jeez, it seems like that time just flew by. But today, let's look at Microsoft as an example. You'll see... Today it's trading at a price to earnings ratio of just over 34 and a half, so 34.6 times earnings. Now, if you look back to 2000, 2001, you'll see it was at a much higher earnings. And this was very typical where yeah. the earnings got ahead. People were plowing money into these companies without really looking at these metrics. Point here is you'll see that go up and down over time. But today, and this is indicative of a lot of companies where they're trading at a level, at a price, much below what they were all those years ago, right? Not even close to a comparable in there. I mean, we have a chart just to show the severity of indifference of the growth back. This is of the NASDAQ. This all basically from 1995 to 2000 versus the past five years with the NASDAQ today. Like th these are insanely different case scenarios. Mm -hmm. So yes, you could argue, hey, maybe a company like Microsoft or whatever the case is, is at a higher PE than we want it but nowhere close to bubble levels like we saw during the early 2000s. I guess, and that's kind of the whole point of what we're talking about here today is the question was, are we at a bubble? Mm -hmm. Are we gonna see a big collapse? Um, I would argue, I think we would argue, there's no signs of what I would call a traditional bubble. Are there pockets? Are there little bubbles? Areas, maybe areas of the areas, market? Individual securities, certain areas, I would say absolutely there are. But when we compare it over history, there's just the fundamentals right now are too strong to, they're, they're not crazy good fundamentals. There's not a lot of value out there, but there's, uh, the fundamentals are supportive of, of what we have today. In fact, you know, there's an old saying, the market climbs a wall of worry, right? There's all this talk, are we in a bubble? In the mm -hmm. meantime, every time you look, the market's going up, going up, going up, we get a little pullback, it goes up again. Mm -hmm. That won't continue forever, but is it around the corner? Well, these are things you have to consider, right? And that's the thing, like like you mentioned just a, about a minute ago, we don't know what we have in store over the next week, over yeah. the next month, or over the next year. Mm -hmm. We need to piece together some of these indicators and some of these things to help kind of put those puzzle pieces together with the low interest rates, and I don't really see that changing anytime in the immediate future. We don't have much inflation really, yeah. again, on the immediate future, which is something that is not really gonna force the central bank's hand to increase rates faster than maybe they would like to or kind of should. These all kind of point and suggest that maybe the market could continue to be strong, right? And again, we may be trading in overvalued territory, yes, but as we know, as we've touched on a number of lessons, you don't want to make any big drastic moves and sit on the sidelines because these can take you know years and years and years to form and you do want to participate no the, matter what. This, I think, just drives home the importance of having 
a properly constructed portfolio yeah. right from the get-go. Because, yeah, we can look at these things we've talked about and say, might, what are the odds? And it's always a, a game of odds. But even if there is a a bubble that's about to burst, if you're invested properly, you're not going to get wiped out. It's no. going to be painful perhaps along the way, but those come along from time to time. I think that's the whole thing here is, is it similar? Yeah. Are there differences? Yes. We don't know. So construct your portfolio properly so that you don't have everything loaded up on the latest hot stock. And that's the concern that we have right now is that's what a lot of people are doing. If you're all yeah. in on the on the spec, on the SPACs or the spec stocks, those are the people that get wiped out. Yeah. If yeah. you're investing, I mean, you've invested through a number of crashes. Yeah. You take the hit. Yeah. You you know it's not going to be the most prettiest of years, but you're not getting wiped out if like the full, you have a if you have a diversified yeah, yeah, portfolio. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of the approach that we think you should take in this market, in the current market, and really, ultimately, almost any market out there. That's the idea. That's the idea. I know. I, I do know people who 20 years ago were all in on tech, and they're and good. it worked great for a couple of years, and then yeah, I mean they saw 80, 90 percent declines in their portfolio, and. You know, if you're a younger investor, maybe you say, okay, that's a learning experience, chalk it up. But if you are building a portfolio, if you are already older and you have a portfolio, you just can't afford to take that hit, right? You can. Digging, yeah. out, digging out of those holes, as we've touched on in a couple other videos, yeah. they're harder than they look. Yeah, yeah. It's not a, a 90% gain does not wipe out a 90% loss. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, the numbers just don't work there. like yeah. that. Well, I think that'll wrap it up for today's video, guys. If you learned something new, give it a thumbs up. Um, one of our things I think we were wanting to ask was, what do you guys think of the current market? Like, do you think we're in a bubble? Uh, leave a comment down below because I see a variance of opinions. I think we're gonna get a whole variety. Oh, we yeah. will. I think it also depends maybe on what you're watching and how you're invested, right? True, yeah. true. Yeah. Depending on what areas you partake in yeah. in the market. But as always, if you are new to the channel, you can hit that subscribe button because we post videos like this every single week. Hit the bell for notifications. We do have our Investing Academy, which is that first link down below. If you're in Canada here, looking for courses and training. But as always, I think that'll wrap it up for today. Yeah, I think this, will, this was yeah. a, lot, a longer one than I think we had originally planned. No. It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. Well, as always, thank you guys for watching. Hope you enjoyed. And I'll see you in the next video.